Welcome to the Passion Harvest podcast audio series. Thank you so much for listening today. I am Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. If you would like to watch this episode, please head over to our Passion Harvest channel on YouTube. We love taking you on a journey to discover your passions. Thanks for listening. Hello, passionate listeners and watchers. Welcome to Passion Harvest. I am Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. Thank you so much for joining us wherever you are in the world right now. And if you like this episode, please do subscribe. I'm so excited about my guest today, Lorna Byrne. Lorna Byrne has been seeing angels since she was a baby. Lorna has seen angels physically with as much clarity as the rest of us see people, and she sees them every day. Large numbers of men, women, and children of all ages visit Lorna seeking healing and wisdom through God and the angels. She's also the founder of the Lorna Byrne Children's Foundation. Lorna is an international number one best-selling author with millions of readers around the world. Her books, Angels in My Hair, Stairways to Heaven, A Message of Hope from the Angels and Love from Heaven have been translated into 30 languages. This is her story and this is her passion. Lorna Byrne, I'm so honoured and excited to have you on Passion Harvest. Welcome to the show. Well, it's an honour, Louise, um, to be talking on your show and I'm just really looking forward to it and all the questions you're going to be asking. I'm sure they're all very intriguing. Well, I'm so fascinated to hear about angels and many, many people are. And I know you've seen angels from a young child. What do angels look like to you? Oh, they they are incredible. You know, they, the tree angel, you know, the angel that is, you know, protecting all of the trees. That is an incredible angel. And um, how can I say it? she moves with every branch and every leaf and she seems to fill a tree if you understand if you can imagine an angel standing within the essence of a tree and she's all those emerald green colors just um just incredible but i know everyone is asking really you know what does my guardian angel look like um most of the time i just see a light you know behind someone and I always say like three steps but it's not three human steps it's just that I see a little gap and this light is just you know what would I say just incredible and when that light opens up that's when I see the angel and the angel gives a human appearance within the light and your guardian angel is neither male or female and sometimes on occasions, I, a guardian angel will actually show wings, but it's very seldom. But when I see an angel's wings, they're always just so incredible. They can be of all feathers, but each feather is so perfect and so, so unique, you know, and the colors can, you know, just take your breath away. And sometimes an angel will show wings and it's like, the closest I can give you is like like silk. You know, they're moving ever so gently. And sometimes even to hear, the only way I could describe is 
you know, the breeze, the wind, you know, that, mm -hmm. you know, when an angel um, moves their wings ever so gently, it's, it's like as if it's playing music, you know, so soft and so mellow. It's actually incredible. And an angel's eyes are the only way I can describe them. And I've described them, you know, at different times. But the best way I can describe them is that, you know, they're like the stars in the sky, you know, the way they glitter and all those colors sometimes you can see. But then sometimes when an angel is standing in front of me, like Archangel Michael, it's like as if you could step into his eyes and, and go down them, walk down them for miles and miles as if they are never ending. It's that light again, you know, and even though when an angel gives a human appearance and it can give a male or female appearance and, and sometimes neither. Sometimes I couldn't say to you, well, at the moment your guardian angel is giving a, a male appearance you know, or a female appearance, and um, because you, you're not able to make that out. But angels, they're neither male nor female. And I think that's lovely, because they are whatever we need them to be. That's a great to me, yeah. that's really, um, really special. So does everyone, every human incarnation have an, a guardian angel? I am traveling all over the world now and I'm meeting hundreds and thousands of people, millions of people, you know, when you're traveling. And I have never seen anyone um, without a guardian, guardian angel, regardless of their religion or their belief or sometimes oh, a bad person. Sometimes someone will say a bad person can't have a guardian angel, but everyone has a guardian angel. And to, to me, that's, again, so wonderful. I think I would get a terrible shock if I saw someone in the world today that didn't have a guardian angel. I would be devastated. And I know why everyone has a guardian angel is because you have a soul, that spark of light of God that's so tiny, but yet so enormous. Mm. And, oh my gosh, I've got so many questions, but <laughs> I don't know where to start first. But you did mention sometimes you see them in a, a human form. Does that mean they have had a human incarnation? Um, I, again, I love that question. But no, an angel can never be a human being. And they just give us that human appearance. So we won't be, what would I say, too startled you know, in that, in that way. And you know, the way you would hear lots of stories about where somebody was, you know, fighting for their life or, or in a situation that, you know, there was no help there, but yet they would say to the rescuers, but where's the man that was with me or the woman that was with me? And they turn around and tell them, but there was nobody here. Right. We're the first. And that would have been an angel giving such a human appearance that the person couldn't tell the difference. Um, and again, in order to get them to fight to live. And 
what's the size of angels? We're always told they're different size. Sometimes they're giant. How, what sort of size do you see the angels as? I love that question as well. Oh, gosh, I'm on a good roll here. <laughs> oh, at, at times, absolutely enormous, like giants, even, even taller, even bigger than that. But most of the time, the angels are maybe a bit taller than ourselves most of the time or in proportion with us. But their size has nothing to do really with the angel. Mm-hmm. These no. are things that they they can do and I think it is because they are that light you know they they can change their size change their appearance for us um but yet they have such love for us and they love to be in and around us and again that's why our guardian angel you know never leaves you for a second i know when i wrote the book angels in my hair first and um, people were astonished by that you know never leave us for a second even in the bathroom or when i'm having a bath and i said yes your guardian angel is right there with you um but your guardian angel doesn't look on you in the way that we look on ourselves they have such um compassion and love for us it's it's unconditional you know they they don't um judge us in any way you know to your guardian angel you are unique and beautiful and again your guardian angel sees the human person you are but it sees that incredible soul that you have that god has given you and it's the gatekeeper of your soul and that's the I suppose the spiritual side that we fight with or sometimes we might say I want to know who I am and we're talking about not just the human part of us but the spiritual part the soul and I think that is beautiful as well I think we're we're on a road we're on a journey and I believe it's moving faster um, at the moment in, in the world and we definitely need all that you know all that hope and compassion in the world today because we're kind of lacking it mm-hmm. many of us many many people can't well they do but they don't feel that they can communicate with angels how do we communicate with our, our guardian angel well, I love it. You must have communicated with yours because I'm talking to you. <laughs> you reached out or, yes. or somebody um, around you um, suddenly got the message or, or, or got the feeling or, or saw something and said, oh, this person would be really good. Um, the angels communicate with us in so many different ways. And a lot of the time it's through someone else as well. Right. You know, and it's it's thoughts that they put into our mind, positive thoughts. But sometimes I think we we think, oh, that's our imagination. I can't do that. That's impossible. Um, and I would say say to you, you know, if if my guardian angel said to me, you know, on a fine day, you know, you should paint that chair. You know. I know I could say to myself, oh, that's impossible. How on earth could I do that? I'd make a mess of it. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't say that. I would go and do it. So they're always lovingly guiding us if we choose to. Yeah, they are constantly guiding us. 
you know, you know, when you kind of, um, you're making a decision about something and everyone is talking to you and giving you their advice, but yet in the back of your mind, there's this little niggling voice saying, no, you should go left, even though they're all saying go right, <laughs> you know, and then of course you go right. And later on, you kind of kick yourself and say, I knew I should have gone left. Well, that was your guardian angel. So they're and showing us that, uh, the path of least resistance, I guess, is probably the word for it. You know, they're, they, what would you say, guide you literally in every everything you do, you know, even when you get up in the morning, even when things are going great for you, even when you feel things are, are you know, just falling asunder today, I'm having a bad day, you know, they're still helping you to make that day the best day as possible and for you to enjoy it and not to look on it so negatively because nothing really is negative i i think that's a human word you know all these words humanly that we have brought together and said mm -hmm. where the angels would say say to me you know they have taught me not to look on things as negative and i don't think i have said that before in a in a, a talk with someone. Oh, well, I'm honored today. <laughs> <laughs> um, all, all those that are listening, if I think if they ask their guardian angel to help them not to look on, on things negatively, because always something positive comes out of everything. And sometimes that can happen quite soon, but sometimes it can happen years later. And we say to ourselves, oh, I changed my mind about what happened long ago. I don't feel bad about that anymore. Right. And that's because it wasn't negative in the first place. It was an opportunity for growth. Exactly. So can you see every individual's angel behind them? Um, yes. If I'm out walking now, I can't see yours on the screen. Okay. That oh, that's interesting. So you can't see mine. Okay. Um, but if I was um, out walking and someone was walking towards me or if I looked out my window and somebody was walking up the lane or anything like that, yes, I would see they have a guardian angel. And, and I, I guess that's, I mean, most for most people it would be a shock, but you're kind of used to it. Yeah, it's normal for me. Um, I know nothing else. I don't know what the world would be like seeing the world through your eyes. Yes. It would look so different. And I always so, say from the moment I opened my eyes, I have seen the angels, even though I didn't know they were angels. Right. So I don't know what it's like for yourself or anyone else out there, but I see no reason why you can't see an angel no reason whatsoever. Excellent. I would always say to everyone, what's wrong with you? Why can't you? Yeah. I'm no different than, than you. And are there different types of angels? I think you, obviously you mentioned Archangel Michael and guardian angels, but do you mind just describing the different types of angels? Um, yes. There's like... When I describe the tree angel there, there to you is just an incredible angel. 
that is one and there's angel elijah there's the angels that are in my life every every day and um, there's angel hostess who's been there since i was very very small and um, just an angel that would kind of in a sense be very serious but yet would make me laugh mm -hmm. as well as a child you know when i be in school i'm feeling you know i because i'm dyslexic you know what you are put in the back of the class um, the archangels are there for everyone but a lot of people would say you know um, an archangel is their guardian angel but no archangel can be anyone's guardian angel they're there for everyone so one thing i find so incredible when archangel michael or archangel gabriel or any archangel and um, they can be with millions of people at the same time even myself and I don't know, I can't answer all the questions because I, I literally don't know how they do it. I don't know how God does it. You know, one could, a scientist or, or an expert in, on something could surmise, if that's the word you would use, maybe how this happens. Mm -hmm. But there is so many different angels. Um, I have seen angels come in around students to help them to learn, and I would call them just teacher angels. You know, I, I have watched, you know, um, someone working in their garden. I've even called on them myself, you know, when struggling and trying to pull something out of the ground or replant something, and there's a big stone in, in the way. Um, angels of strength, angels to help you with gardening. All you have to do is just, in a sense, say, come on, give me a helping hand. You don't even say, hey, my guardian angel, come on, give me a helping hand. You just have to put that thought in your mind or call it out. And you will find that you got through whatever you were doing. You did manage it. You didn't give up. So it could just be as, as simple as please help me or please guide me. Yeah. I, I just think there's, there's no big um, ritual you have to do. I never did any big ritual. And, and I, angels, uh, sorry, I'm sorry, sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> you go, please, sorry. Uh, and the angels have taught me everything I know out in nature. Beautiful. So you, and you do talk about Angel Elijah a lot. And yeah. um, I won't say he or she, but offering you premonitions. Do you mind just talking about that a little bit? Um, okay. Um, angel Elijah is an incredible angel. Just, um, what would I say, fiery and he's seldom an angel will show a personality, but he's one of them that does. Um, very fiery, very, um, what would you call it, of great strength and determination. Like, it's like, you know, if you had this big wall up that would block everyone from getting water or something, Angel Elijah would say, right, I'll go and knock it down. And he'd knock it down. You know, he'd get right. mad and knock it down in that sense. Um, he's an incredible angel. And... The first time I met him was when I was out fishing with my dad and the angels had told me I had this angel to meet and um, I had gone down along the river and skipping loads of the story to make it short. 
and I was just told to look across the river and I did and I just saw this curtain appear and in the meantime before that I saw this incredible angel just walk across the water and that was angel Elijah and just I was only 10 so you can imagine a 10 year old kind of standing there <laughs> gobsmacked you know seeing this angel walking across the water and I wanted to know could I do that could I walk on the water right and he said no of course but when he sat down beside me um on the lump of grass as we, we would call it a top of grass um just this big curtain and I, I say a curtain um, and you could say a screen but I'm not really describing it it was how would I say in a sense it was more like a mirror maybe maybe that would be as I think about it as the years go on and it was like as if it was pulled back and I could see you know this laneway and this young man you know, and all the trees and, and all of that. And Angel Elijah telling me this would be the young man I would marry. And I was only 10, you know, you'll fall in love with him. And I was like, what's he talking about? <laughs> you know, all that kind of thing. And, and then he told me, you know, that we wouldn't grow old together. And I remember getting upset and annoyed with him about that. And all of the time he was bringing my attention that I must, you know, keep on watching, keep on looking because this is something that would happen in my life. But when he told me we wouldn't grow old together and he did tell me, you know, we'd have ups and downs, which I think every family does. And I did get annoyed and get upset and he put his hand to the back of my head and it was like as if he calmed everything. You know, and my husband at that time must have been only a kid as well. Mm. And I always remember when it did happen. Again, I was working um, in the petrol station where my dad was working. And, you know, the road went in a fork. So it was like two lanes, but there was um, trees on each side of it as well. And I always remember seeing him walking up the road and just recognizing him in that distance, which is kind of unbelievable. It was like, even though he was a distance from me, I shouldn't have been able to see him as clearly as I did. I was seeing him as clearly as I'm seeing you, and that should have been impossible. Mm -hmm. And just getting a shock and watching him and the angels around me whispering to me at the time, and watching him as he was walking up the road and knowing he was going to come in, I knew he was going to come in and look for a job. You know, um, sometimes when something unfolds that, that I'm shown of the future, um, a lot of the time I do run away from it because in one sense it's a bit scary. Not such a blessing always. And such a blessing, yeah, you know. Um, so when he came in looking for the job, I always remember, you know, as he got closer, saying to the secretary, because 
again, even like the vision, you know, the curtain, the, the big screen um, where the secretary was sitting, it was a huge big window. You know, you would think God and the angels put everything into place that, you know, would remind me so clearly. And I always remember saying to the secretary, and I think I have it in the book as well, I hope he doesn't get the job. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I was saying that because even though I didn't know him, I knew Angel Elijah said I would fall in love with him. And that was going to be something new to me. Mm. You know, so it was kind of, give me, give me a little, little longer kind of saying to myself, give me a little longer. But Joe did get the job and, you know, eventually he asked me out and eventually we got married and, and all of that. Um, so, yes, the angels would um, show me sometimes God allows that and sometimes it would be God himself that would show me something of, of the future. So you you have seen God? Um, if that's I probably suppose, not the right terminology. Yeah, I suppose in, in Angels in My Hair, I, I talk about um, walking across the field to the chalet. And that's who ruffles my hair. Every, that's why the book is called Angels in My mm -hmm. Hair. It's not the angels doing that. It's it's God that does that. And that's who I was talking with um, at the time, that particular story. Um, and I, I always find that some people across the world would cop that, but most people didn't in, in that, that sense. I think, um, I don't know why God chose me and not you, or not, you know, someone else. And yet God has chosen us all because he's given us, you know, that spark of light. So, you know, part of part of God himself. And he's given each and every one of us a guardian angel. And we may ask what's life all about. And that's you're, Now I'm you're answering all my questions. You can, you can do <laughs> No, sorry, please keep going. Go <laughs> And, and that's the hardest question to answer, you know, because no one really has the real answer for that, because I don't know at what time or why God fell in love with us. He created everything. We can call God the creator. We call God all by different names. Um, and I don't know when he fell in love with us, but he did. And he gave us a soul and a guardian angel. And to me, again, that is something so incredible because we don't die because of that. It's only your human body that will die, but a time will come when not even your human body will die. That intertwining I talk about in, I always give a little bit of information in every book, you know, because I feel if I say it all in one go, it'll be just too much for, for people. That's what God has said. So it's kind of, you know, small amounts here and a small amount here. And it's kind of, let's put it all together now. And I think that's what's happening in the world today. You know, we're trying to put it together, even though the world is kind of upside down at the moment. We just need to sort out, out things and, and have a little bit more love and compassion and 
you know, your life is important. Everyone's life is important. Everyone's life is, is connected. Um, I would say to everyone that all of you are the important ones. I'm not. You are all the important ones. You know, um, and how precious your life is. Like many people would say to me, you know, that their life is, what would you say, you know, has no meaning in it. And I would be looking at them and looking at all the things they're doing in their life. And I would find it very hard to understand why they would think their life is meaningless. Your life is not meaningless. Every day is a blessing and everything you do is, how would I say it, is helping you to connect spiritually, is helping that intertwining. And it's, it's helping every other human being, all life itself. So no one's life is, is worthless. Everyone's life, everything you do today, um, even talking to me, even sitting in that chair, even having those beautiful flowers beside you, it all has a meaning, it all has a purpose. You know, it's like a, a mother, sometimes I would meet a mother and sometimes she would say, you know, her life has no meaning, but her life has millions of meanings. And, and you've already traveled down many roads of your life, many destinies. That's another thing people will say, what's my destiny? Or I'd be saying, what's my purpose? Or... What are they talking about the destiny? Um, but you've already lived loads of your destinies and I would say to everyone, like, just go down the road, just just follow it and see where it takes you. And if it brings you in a straight line, just go with it. And if it says turn left, go left or right and and enjoy it and, and do what you can to connect to your soul, to your guardian angel. And it doesn't matter um, what religion you are, or even if you say, you're just a spiritual person, you're not belong to any religion, or if you say, I don't believe in anything, you have a soul and you have a guardian angel. I, I just, um, just remembering a, a man standing in front of me and he's saying, Rona, I believe in nothing whatsoever. And I definitely don't have a guardian angel. And there I'm looking at him and there his guardian angel is there. And he's, he was saying, you know, I don't even have a soul. And when I die, I will just die and that's it. But that's not true. And all this I can say to you, I'm just the messenger. I'm just giving the message. And I just want to see all those incredible futures that I have been shown already that are our choice, our free will. And I suppose maybe I'm trying to help that to happen by giving the messages to the world. And again, regardless of what you believe, because to me, it doesn't matter what you believe, you know, whether you say God is real, angels are real, or or you say you believe in nothing, or or you say you're just a spiritual person, or it 
doesn't um i just giving the messages to everyone sometimes i i don't know how to explain something oh you're doing a beautiful job and um, my gosh what what an incredible light you are in the world um well, you're an incredible light <laughs> Incredible light. Many, I mean, many people are suffering. What would you, for many, many different reasons, what would you say to someone who's lost a loved one? And to lose a loved one. Um, I just met a, a lovely person the other day who just lost her brother suddenly. You know, a young, a young man, um, unexpectedly, and it has shattered them completely because he wasn't sick so it wasn't expected um, but she did say to me you know Lorna I read Angels in My Hair years ago and I'm so glad I did because I know even though my brother has died he's with me as well and even though I'm she was saying I'm finding it really hard I'm struggling that has given me hope to know that his guardian angel was there with him and took him to heaven and that he's with my dad. You know, he's with other members of the family. And that gave her great comfort. One thing I would say, say to you is that when you do lose a loved one, let your grief out. Let it out and you can even give out to your loved one. You know, because the pain and hurt, that is love. You know, say all you need to say. Um, even write them a letter. Talk about them. And know that when, when someone dies, the guardian angel just takes the soul straight to heaven. And that soul is, is right back here with their loved ones as well. That's one thing that God does. He allows the soul to come back within that instance. And that soul is helping the family and the friends, those who are grieving the most, helping them in that, in that way. And lots of people would say to me, you know, I could smell them, you know, and when I looked at a photograph, I, for a second, I, I, I thought I, I could see them. You know, the soul of a loved one gives us many signs as well. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing the guardian angel does is allow the soul of the loved one in, in and around us because sometimes your guardian angel is doing everything to, to guide you and help you, but sometimes the soul of a loved one is called in. And you know when you suddenly think of a loved one out of the blue, you can be sure it was called in for a reason um, because they lived as a human being as well. And for some reason, we kind of can feel their presence more. But if you have lost a loved, a loved one, just know that they're there with you. It's like in Angels in My Hair, I tell the story at the beginning of my little brother. You know, I was only about two, two and a half at the most, and I was playing with blocks you know, in front of the fire with him. And he was about maybe four or five. He was older than me, I'm only guessing. Um, and at that time, our hands touched and sparks went everywhere. 
and I laughed because it was so much love and joy and it was at that moment that the angels had said I must keep it a secret that they were angels but as well as that they told me that my brother was a soul that he had died before I was born um, and to me that's I think that has helped a lot of people to know that the soul of a loved one can be in and around you because sometimes I would see my little brother and I still call him my little brother but he was born before I was and mm -hmm. um, sometimes when my mom was sitting in the armchair sometimes she would just fall asleep and I would see him as an infant in her arms and I never question why could he be an infant why could he be you know an older child because I suppose it's just all looked part of the family in that in that way and your loved one you you they haven't died they're still alive and and you're going to meet them again and I think that's very important for everyone to remember I always remember a mother saying to me she was shattered because you know she became pregnant five times and five times her babies died just before birth and she was completely shattered by it and again she read angels in my hair and somehow in all the messages and that it gave her comfort but then one day um i was doing a talk and she came to the talk but she had her arms full with a young child and she said, I'm so glad that those other five babies came, even though they didn't stay. But I wouldn't have, I forget what the little boy's name was. Well, let's say Michael. I wouldn't have Michael today if they hadn't come. Yeah. So I, I just thought that was just so, so beautiful. And, and she felt a closeness to her babies that she lost. But she was happy now that they did come because now she has Michael. Beautiful. Um, and I, I just thought that was so, you know, touched your heart. So your loved one, even if you've lost someone, um, and I think most people have lost someone, and at the moment in the world, um, people are losing family members and friends, you know, a little bit more than usual. Um, and that's really difficult, and especially where there's um, conflict. You, you did talk about heaven before. So what happens when we, when we transition from our physical body? Oh, wow. Um, another beautiful question. <laughs> um, here I'm saying to God of the angels, where can I start on this? Because it could go anywhere. Um, anytime... God has taken me to heaven before my time. I never want to come back, ever. And I know that's some people have said to me, you know, but what about your family? Wouldn't you want to come back for your family? But you know they're going to be all right. And um, when your soul goes, oh, even to describe that, I think I have tried to describe it in the books as well. It's it's such a freedom, and even the word freedom is, can't, can't describe it. You are perfect, you know everything, 
you literally know everything. Like we might say, um, people use the word universe um, or divinity I hear people using. Um, you have the answers to everything. There is such freedom. And all that you want to do is go straight to that place we call heaven. But it's not a place, it's a place, you know, humanly, we just do that kind of thing in our mind. We go to that place called heaven. But when you go to God, you you don't want to come back. It's, it is so incredible. I, I know one time I, I told the story about being in heaven and and playing, you know, with with God. I don't know which book it's in. Um, and rolling down the hill and the big tree. I never finished the story. I only gave so much of it. Um, but I didn't want to leave there. I wanted to stay there. There is so much joy, so much happiness. There's, there's no pain. There's nothing. It's we don't have the words to describe heaven. There's literally no no words. It's it's beyond our comprehension. Like that's one word that um, the angels taught me since I was a tiny child. And I'm dyslexic, and it took me all my life to learn it. Comprehension. They would always say, Lorna, remember everything is beyond your comprehension and everyone else's. And they would say to me, when you ask a question, there's a million answers to that question. And there's still another million to every single one of those um, questions and answers again, over and over again. So it's beyond our comprehension until that moment comes when, when our body um, separates from our soul. But a time will come when you know, the intertwining will become stronger, where the body and soul intertwines together. And I have written that in one of the books as well, not quite sure which one. <laughs> um, I've written a little about that as well. And I do believe that's, that's what's happening today, because that's something I'm more talking about, asking people to just become more and more conscious of their soul to allow that intertwining. Imagine your body not getting sick anymore. You know, and, and I will talk about the things I have seen children do in the future as well. You know, there's so we have such a, a wonderful future ahead of us. I'd but love we, to hear more about the future. We, <laughs> That's one of my favorite to, subjects. <laughs> we have to, in a sense, allow ourselves or, or to acknowledge within ourselves we're not just human beings we're not just flesh and blood we are we are both we're a spiritual being as well we have a soul and we have to become more aware that life is not all about material things because you can't take any material thing with you and again that's where I would have met many families and they would give up every material thing for their loved one to get well and to live. And so many people only realize that at that stage, but we need to realize it before then so, so that we can start to allow the, that 
spiritual intertwining of the human body and the soul. I call it the next step to evolution. So I'm just trying to understand what you mean by the, the connection between the soul and the body that you've been shown in our, I, I'm assuming our, a future by the angels or by God. Do you, I, I, do you mind just discussing that a little bit more? Yeah. And, and again, I guess sometimes I find it a little hard. Um, one thing God and the angels have said, Lorna, give the message to, to people to ask them to become conscious of their soul. It's like in the morning, you can say good morning to your guardian angel, but you can say good morning to your soul. You know, and, and even when you are in silence or you want to meditate or, or you want to pray or whatever you want to do, you want to go for a walk. It's like become conscious of your soul. Even trying doing it now as you're sitting there, allowing yourself to feel it and feel the change within your body. I can feel it. I can feel it too. Yeah, allow it to to happen and become more and more conscious and know that you're you're not just a human being. You are this incredible being full of love and compassion and hope and a never-ending um, love because your soul is pure love. Imagine that intertwining happening with your body and it becoming, what would you say? I don't have a word for it, um, but unbreakable. Because I'm dyslexic, sometimes I can't pronounce big words. But you're doing an amazing job, so. <laughs> but unbreakable. And I have been asking parents that, you know, when they're pregnant, you know, to say hello to their baby, but to ask the baby house their little soul as well. And when the baby is born, don't just teach it mom and dad, you know, mama, dada, mm -hmm. you know, again, make the little child conscious of its soul because the child has just come from heaven and it's so open. And we, we need, what would I say, the next stage of evolution to be happening you know, through through our children, but it can happen through ourselves as well, through the adult. And I know my body and soul has intertwined a certain amount. And because the doctors would say, Lorna, you're healthy, but you shouldn't be. You know, with all what all your medical history, mm -hmm. you should be like this. You know, so miracles can happen. Yes. Between you and your soul. And and that's what I'm, I'm, what would you say, working on. God has me working on to to help everybody in the world, regardless again of of religion, to give the messages, to teach everything that um, God and the angels taught me as a child. And even they're still teaching me now. So you you never stop learning. There's no such thing as what I would say. There's no such thing as someone saying they know everything. You don't, because I don't even know everything. Yeah. Uh, many people are fearful for the future of humanity. What has God and the angels shown you about our possible futures? Um, we have incredible, beautiful futures there. Um, and, and I have seen 
so many of them. And grant you, I have seen some of the negative ones, what we call negative, the ones that aren't so good. But everyone has the free will and the choice, you know, to say no to things that we know are not good for all of us. And we have to think of all of us and our planet, not just um, ourselves. And I think that's the hardest part because most, most of us are just thinking of ourselves. So there's lots of wonderful futures, futures there. And I would say to everyone, you know, just don't give up. Um, I always say, start within your own home, within your own family, you know, within your own community and, you know, within your own country. We, we can see what we're doing already to our planet. And I do have to smile. Our, our planet and, and the universe around us is a free gift. And I know when you're given something free, you're kind of, I'll take, take, take. Mm -hmm. And we have to stop taking. We, we have to do that because we need this beautiful planet. But I've been shown just so many wonderful things um, and I'm, of course, I'm not allowed to tell all of the, all of the wonderful things I have been, been shown, but I have seen that we, we are starting to wake up, but we are in battle. Some of us are saying, no, it's not real. It's not happening. We'll get through this. It'll be fine. You know, but we have to change, you know, and I believe we are starting to change. You know, we have a beautiful planet and we have beautiful nature. And, you know, everyone is good and everyone is, what would I say, is full of love and compassion. And everyone has a guardian angel and a soul. And I would always say, if everyone could see what I see, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. There'd be no wars, no nothing. Yeah. And I guess that's something I'm teaching as well, helping people to see. Um, and I, I don't know if you know about, it's, of course, it's not about bricks and mortars. It's, it's about giving the messages. But I do have something in Ireland that God has given us. But yet I need the world to help us to build it. Um, so I won't have to travel as much so people can come and I can teach you along with others and, and you can make that connection stronger to your soul, to your guardian angel, and in a sense, walk on air in that, in that way and see, like, I see so much more through the eyes of my soul, through, how would I say, sometimes I would say, my soul has, I have taught myself and God has taught me and the angels how to see through the eyes of my soul that can look through my human eyes as well. You know, mm -hmm. um, because we have a beautiful world and we have so much to learn about it. And we know so little, we know so little. Like in the future, I'm showing children so fascinated because they have, their souls have come forward. A lot of the intertwining has happened and they're looking at grass. 
which we don't look at. Most people don't look at, but they're seeing something that you can't see at the moment. That is fascinating them. Um, and just watching them and looking at the grass. And of course, when I look at grass, I can see what they're seeing, but they will probably see more than even me. You know, we have so much to, to learn and so much to be fascinated about. Never mind the stars, you know, and yet so much to, to learn about the stars as well. You know, but God has given it all to us. And I suppose when you are given a gift for free, we're kind of, we just want to take. Um, but the important thing is that we grow spiritually, that love and that compassion and that we have that connection between God and our guardian angel and ourselves for, for that intertwining, for us to make this world like a little glimpse of heaven. And we actually do. That's the part that amazes me. I have seen that we can do it. We make this world like a little glimpse of heaven. And there's so much more that we do as well. So never give up on hope because the angel of hope is always in the world as well. Holding, as I would say, that, that big lantern, that um, fiery flame, it's like the... You know the Olympics flame. Yeah. That's what it's like, and and he's just covered from head to toe, you know, over him. And again, he's enormous, but again, I have seen him in proportion with the person, um, and being in front of them. And yes, he he kind of would be in front and walking for and holding holding this and turning and beckoning. I can't describe it, but turning and beckoning to you to, to keep coming, don't give up. There's hope there. You can see the light, follow the light. Wonderful. I've, I've just got, I've got a couple of more questions and oh, I'm going to limit it to that if that's okay. But I also want to say for anyone that's watching or listening this show, all your details will be below in the show notes to connect directly with you. Um, just briefly, what are your thoughts on uh, reincarnation? Um, I have been shown reincarnation, um, but it seems to only happen on the odd occasion. Mm -hmm. um, I already tell God I definitely don't want to come back, even in a million years. <laughs> I don't want to come back. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. Um, it does happen, but not on the way. I have never been shown on the way that, that people are saying. Um, I have been shown it through my life, but it would be on very rare occasions. And again, I have written that in, in the books as well on very rare occasions. And sometimes if someone is sent back, it could be just um, to put love into a family. It can be something simple. Um, but sometimes mentally, um, if someone mentally believes that that you know, they were someone else at another time and reincarnation and that gives them courage and strength to live life. I'd still just love them. That's okay. Mm. You know, it doesn't happen. Like if it happened every day, then when, when I am meeting people and there's a thousand people in front of me, 
every one of them should have been reincarnated, if I'm saying that word right. Mm -hmm. But but no. Um, it's very important to live your life. And I know people talk about what's that word? Karma, I think, you know. And again, I think it's it's important to to know not to blame things on your life of what was in the past within your family because your life is now those that lived in the past that was their life you know don't don't allow yourself to to carry you know that hate or that revenge or don't allow yourself to to use it as an excuse um to be the wonderful good and incredible person that you are I don't know if that's answering it because yeah, it's big. That's great. <laughs> um, you mentioned that we're in a battle of sorts at the moment. What is your thought on, obviously, this is a world of love and I do agree, but is there dark? I mean, is there darkness in the world? Are there negative forces? I, I At the moment, I suppose a lot of the negative forces and, you know, the darkness really is in people's hearts. I always remember and I've told the story loads of times um, about a man I met after Angels in My Hair had come out a number of years later. And accidentally, I, I met him in a hotel lobby and he just came over to me and just said, I have a story to tell you. And his story was making it short. He had so much revenge in his heart for for others that he he went and how would I say he killed others he blew up he he did he did horrible things because it was done to his family it was done to his people so he said Lorna how can you stop that circle of revenge and each of us have to has to stop that ourselves personally we have to say no and he got married, a whole lot of things happened in his life. And he had two little children and he said, I read your book, but then I looked at my children and I realized all the wrong I had done, all that revenge I had taken out because my family was slaughtered. I done the very same to someone else's family. And he said, looking at my children, the horror of thinking of someone coming into the house and just killing all my children. I don't want to have revenge in my heart and I don't know how I can ever undo the wrong that I have done. And the only way he could do undo part of that wrong is actually acknowledging it to himself the way he did. And, and from then on, doing anything he can to help others that are caught in conflict in any way, but not having refrained revenge there within his heart and giving a helping hand in love and compassion. We have to, in a sense, kill that, that revenge in, in that, in that way. But we will get through this. Like there's millions of people out there that are full of love and compassion and hope. And I, I see sometimes where someone is angry and annoyed 
you know, are not agreeing with with certain things and, and wanting to kind of, you know, bash or whatever you will call it. Um, and suddenly they changing their mind. You know, you would like us all to become more open and not do what that man had done when he was young because of hatred and revenge, because of what, what he felt was being done wrong to him and his family. Somehow we have to heal that. And that's not just in countries where there's war. That's, you know, in governments, it's in jobs, it's, it's, it's everywhere. Like, so we, we have to kind of, and it's hard to show love and compassion and not to judge. Yeah, it really is hard, but your guardian angel is there and you have a soul and it is pure love. And it's, it's kind of just let it come another little bit forward when you want to have anger or hating you or, or, or you want to do something that you know is wrong deep inside of you, kind of allow that love to come forward and and stop yourself. You know, we, we do have so many, we've trafficking of children, we have unjust wages for people, we have homeless, and there should be none of that. You know, there, there's so many things, but we get there. There is yeah. great and I, I know a lot of people come to you for angel healing. How does that work? Um, I, what would you say? Not um, I, I give talks mm-hmm. and I do workshops um, and, and I do, what would you say, extreme cases, but I don't advertise that. That's completely separate. Oh, well, this conversation is only between us, so that's okay. <laughs> and, uh, like, you know, extreme cases are, are you know, where... Yeah, and I mean extreme, where I might have a family here in my home for a few days or, you know, to, to help them or we, we do, I do what I can. You know, I, I, don't, I don't say people can come to me for healing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, don't do that. I'll just give the talks and at the talks, then I will bless everyone. I will say the Archangel Michael prayer and I will give that that's that sacred blessing as I, I call it to everyone regardless again of religion or what you believe or anything because it makes no difference to me I I see what you can see the incredible person you are you know your guardian angel and and that glowing light of your soul Beautiful. Well, I wanted to ask you, since I've asked all the questions, is there something you would like to share with the Passion Harvest audience? But I, I just, it just came to me. I thought it'd be wonderful if, if, if you feel comfortable in sharing the Archangel Michael prayer as well. I, I will, I will do that, and I will do, do the blessing and, and the gift that God has given me. You know, that's on the website. Um, hopefully everyone will will come and give us a helping hand in in whatever way god god wants it because again it's it's for the future i was um it's not about bricks and mortars but 
we do need a hand. Um, because God has shown me it'll still be there in 300 years time and more. And he's just shown me so many incredible things that will happen there that is part of the future. And that's here in Ireland and we don't have great weather. <laughs> so, you know, you, you, you don't come dressed for sunny weather, but if we get sunny weather, it is beautiful. It's just a miracle how all that has happened. And again, it was one of the things that God had shown me from the time I was a child. And I never expect anything that God shows me that is part of the future. I never expect it to happen. You know, it's just, and, and if it happens, it happens. Yeah. So would you like me to do the prayer or do you want to ask another question? No, I'm, I'm, I think we've done, you've done an amazing job answering all my questions. And when I can travel, I'd, I'd like to come and help as well. <laughs> it's a bit hard at the moment. but <laughs> you know, When the time comes, um, I'm going to say the Archangel Michael. And again, it doesn't matter what religion you are. Prayer is prayer and prayer can move mountains. It's extremely powerful. Um, and this is a prayer that the Archangel Michael gave me years before um, I wrote the book Angels in My Hair. So I'm just going to bless myself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Prayer of thy healing angels, that's carried from God by the Archangel Michael. Pour out thy healing angels, thy heavenly host, upon everyone and upon those that they love. Let them feel the beam of thy healing angels upon them, the light of your healing hand. Let the healing begin whatever way God grants. God bless us all. Amen. So that's the Archangel Michael prayer. And the blessing I'm going to do will be a spiritual blessing. You won't hear me say any words. I will just raise my hand. But it will be like as if I am standing in front of you. So whoever is watching this at any time, they will receive the blessing. And you can say a prayer if you want yourself in silent, whatever. It'll only take a moment. So I'm going to raise my hands now. God bless you. Okay. Oh, beautiful. God bless you too. Thank you so much. Um, so much love in my heart for you, Lorna Byrne. Thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest. It's been an absolute honour. And what remarkable work you were doing. And the angels. And God, thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you so, so much for having me. And remember, you are doing marvellous work as well. You know, you're an incredible person. And so are all those that will be listening to everything that you do. They are. The Passion Harvest audience is remarkable. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. <laughs> God bless. Bye. -bye. Bye. 
that is the end of our passionate episode. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends and spread the passion. As always, every day, may you be more and more passionate.